Second Samuel. Second Samuel. Thank you, son. Chapter six, verse sixteen through twenty-three. Second Samuel six, verses sixteen through twenty-three. I want to thank our visitors today for being in the New Beginnings worship experience. We know you could have been in one of over 500 churches in the great Fresno metropolitan area, but by the grace of God, you are here with us today, and we don't take your presence lightly. Amen? We are an expository teaching and preaching church, and that simply means we believe in preaching through every book of the Bible, books and chapters at a time. Family? And this morning, our exegetical journey takes us through this great book. Now, I need to put a disclaimer out before I preach. Here's my disclaimer. I'm not picking on nobody with this sermon. It just happens to be what comes next in the series. Come on, y'all. Look at me. I need everybody to look at me. I need everybody to look at me. Everybody. He ain't picking on you, all right? It just happened to be what's next. And you happen to be here on what's next. All right. If the word drop, word drop, let it drop. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Second Samuel 6. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Somebody say, oh my. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people. In the name of the Lord of hosts. And then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone he gave a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. And so all the people departed to his house. And then David returned to bless his own household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Did I read it with attitude? All right. So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord, girl, who chose me instead of your father. And all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I'll play music before the Lord. And I'll be even more undignified than this. And will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants whom you have spoken by them, I'll be held in honor. And therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul had no children until the day of her death. And all God's children said, look to your neighbor this morning, tell them, neighbor, neighbor. 
Remember the disclaimer. Remember the disclaimer. This sermon ain't necessarily about you. But what pastor wants you to know is whatever you do, don't marry a non-worshipper. Don't marry a non-worshipper. Y'all got my disclaimer, right? I'm looking at the new couples in the house. Y'all got my... Okay, y'all got my... <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. Today, family, I want to glean from this text a clear warning about hooking up with the wrong kind of person. This text is sad in many ways because it exposes the true reality of what can happen when a believer is unequally yoked with a non-believer. When we arrive at this portion of the text, it's clear that as David worships Yahweh for what the Lord has done for him, he goes back to his house and that's where he comes under attack for his worship. It's not the world that gets after him, it's the woman that gets after him. His home is divided, brothers. His position of leadership is despised. His motives are questioned. And he is under attack from the one, Rev, that should have been in his corner. Here it is. David had just led the nation in worship and taught them to worship Yahweh for being in their presence. The king led them in the glorious celebration of being reconciled back to God. But his own foolish wife tried to discourage him from being a worshiper. Now, now this text is real today. And it's very important that we understand that God must come before everybody and anybody. So the warning today is as follows. Number one, don't let any man or woman hinder you from worshiping God. Your relationship with the Lord is between you and God. And it must be a priority in all that you say and in all that you do. Here it is. The person that makes God a priority will also be a priority for God. But the person that does not make him a priority will not be a priority for God. I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's priority list. Can I get a witness in here? I need him to have me on his mind when the crisis Jojo of life knocks on my door. It's very important, family, that you don't be unequally yoked. I don't care how pretty the contacts look. Worshippers got to be with worshipers. So be careful this morning. Because if you don't, you might get hooked up with a Michael and David situation. And it's one that disses and despises the other. Because God is not a priority in their lives or in their relationship. Hence the title of this message. Don't marry a non-worshipper. 
or don't hook up with somebody who don't love the Lord. Can I give you the background? Warren Wiersbe, commenting on this great text, says some powerful things, giving us some great contextual information that I thought I would bring it to you. Warren starts off by saying, Angelus, it's no secret that Michael, Saul's daughter, was never a suitable wife for David. I said, why, Warren? He said, well, she belonged to Saul's family, and she never really exhibited a faith in the God of Israel. He said, 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 13, told you she already worshipped idols. He said, and second of all, David didn't take her as a wife because of the leading of the Lord. Remember, he won her by killing Goliath. Can I say some more? He got her by fulfilling Saul's murderous requirement. Therefore, she wasn't a chosen wife, Shirley. She was a trophy wife. Here I come. Fourth of all, this was a, the lifetime alliance with the family of Saul meant trouble from the beginning with David. He was jealous of David the whole time. He married the enemy's daughter. In fact, the fight was so rough, daddy tried to kill him a number of times. Warren commenting on the text says, really what happens is it looks like the family of Saul becomes a picture of the flesh. David represents the spiritual man. What you see here is the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. So literally what you see David doing is yielding to the flesh when he takes Michael as a wife. She wasn't the one God had for him. But he took what the flesh offered him. And as a result, he ended up despised by the woman he chose. Brothers, we're going to need some marriage counseling after this one. Amen. Can I say some more? He goes on to argue four more important things, Brother Charming, I think are powerful. He says, first of all, her sinful attitude had been growing within her over the years. See, she, she, she resented being married to her father's former armor bearer. She didn't necessarily love him, right? She was the trophy wife. Secondly, she resented the fact that David had other wives, all of whom were chosen after his marriage to Michael. So she wasn't the only queen in Israel. <laughs> I just dropped something right there. Thank you. Thirdly, her father died shamefully. And his enemy now reigned victoriously over all Israel. And of course, beneath all these reasons was this basic reason. She was an unbeliever who didn't understand or appreciate the things of God. And so when David in the text displays a loyalty to God, she gets angry. Because she had no heart for the things of God. And then Warren Wiersbe dropped something powerful on me. And I said, I had to share this with y'all. He said, you know, it's true. That Satan always has a Michael to meet you. After you've come home for worship. I'm going to let that settle. 
somebody already thinking about what you got to deal with when you get home. David in this text though realizes that Michael ain't in his corner. And therefore he puts aside her or he takes the privilege of not giving her the fulfillment of marriage. Thus he's not going to pregnate her. You disrespect me as your husband. I'm not going to give you the joy of what it means to be married. You won't carry my child. Not as long as I'm alive. And for a Jewish woman to die without children, this was a shame for her. And so David answered the fool according to her folly. But you know something powerful about this text, Reverend Tom? Warren Wisby says, when other people criticize us like Michael did him, we should know that our heart's motives are right and not get discouraged by their words. He said, David, had he been like most Christians, would have said, okay, baby, okay. I just won't serve the Lord anymore if you don't want me to. Just to keep peace in the relationship. But he does just the opposite. In fact, next week when we come back, we're going to find out he's going to do more for the Lord. He's going to build the Lord a church. I don't care what you say. I'm going to show you just how much I love the Lord. Are you with me here? He don't turn it down. He gets turned up. I just dropped something right there. Somebody say, I would go on a mission trip, but she ain't going to support me. Who you going to serve, her or God? Who you going to serve, him or God? Don't turn it down. What? Look at somebody and say, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. I thank God for Warren Wisby's commentary on the text because it opens up a lot of questions for me. And by the way, commentaries aren't written for you to cheat in your study. They, they are just written so you can get an idea of what somebody else got fed. Are you in here? To get some insight, you got to stay on your knees. We call it neology. Are you with me here? God want to speak to you just like he spoke to Warren. So can I show you what he showed me? I lifted from this passage this idea. If marriage is a gift and ministry, and it's a gift and ministry from the Lord, then it must be incredibly important that you don't marry a non-worshipper. Okay. If you do, there's going to be three types of trouble that you face. And it's right here in the text. Don't make it up. If you marry a non-worshipper, you're going to face the trouble of working alone in your ministry. If you marry a non-worshipper, you're going to face the trouble of worshiping alone in your ministry. And thirdly, if you marry a non-worshipper, you're going to face the trouble of witnessing alone in your marriage. Trouble of working alone, worshiping alone, and witnessing alone in your marriage. Can I unpack it for today? Let's start with point one, working alone or working for God alone in verse 16. The text says, now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, who was Saul's daughter, looked through a window. 
and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. Not twerking, whirling. Whirling. Just for the millennials that's in the house, right? Just, there's a difference, amen. Tell somebody, keep it holy, keep it holy. <laughs> Whirling before the Lord. And guess what? When she saw this, she despised him, Jeff, in her heart. Let me unpack it. The first thing that arrests me in this verse is that the king does not have his wife with him as he's leading the nation back into the worship again of Yahweh. Sister Billings, Michael didn't go with the rest of Israel to the worship service, daughter. She was at home while her husband was leading in service. Okay, let me say it again. Girl didn't go to church. And as a result, she missed the worship encounter. And when she missed the worship experience, her heart could not be in the same place that her husband's was in. Can I say some more? The Bible says that Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and despised him in his hurt. The text calls her Saul's daughter, not David's wife. I got a Bible reading church in here. It makes this distinguishing characteristic of her because she was carnal, not spiritual. She was the daughter of David's dead enemy and she lived in his house. She was, he was sleeping with the enemy. She didn't have eyes to see things from a divine or a holy perspective. Why? Because she was not a worshiper. And she didn't want to be spiritual. Here it is. So she couldn't see what was actually happening in the presence of God or in the presence of the people or in the presence of the king. What she saw was something different. Can I tell you? She just saw her man dancing. What she didn't see was her man praising God. Okay, let me run that rabbit. Can I run that rabbit? What she saw was her man leading. What she didn't see was her man leading in corporate worship. What she saw was her man on display. What she didn't see was her man teaching others how to worship in spirit and in truth. What she saw was her man misbehaving as the king. What she didn't see was her man modeling the way for other men and other little boys about how to be the spiritual leaders in their homes and to be passionately in love with the Lord God Jehovah. Here it is. She didn't see a king who was God's man. She didn't see a warrior with a heart for his creator. She didn't see a grateful man who owed God a praise. She didn't see a man who loved the Lord and who couldn't help but tell him so. So, so he danced a dance before the Lord. She couldn't see that she was married to a worshiper. And he was going to worship whether she went with him or not. Can I turn the light on? 
And because she couldn't see what God was doing in Israel and what God was doing in David and what God was doing on the throne, the text says she despised him in her heart. Here it is. Here it is. Because her heart was evil, she couldn't stand him. Because her heart was evil, she couldn't follow him. Because her heart was evil, she couldn't love him, couldn't respect him, couldn't support him. Can I say some more? Couldn't come alongside and work with him. Couldn't dance with him. Couldn't praise the Lord with him. Couldn't believe in his cause. Couldn't get down with a worship in the city. Couldn't be seen with him in public. She hated him. Can I say some more? It's a terrible thing for a believer to be married to a non-believer. It's a terrible thing for a worshiper to be married to a non-worshiper. Look, Michael could not work in the ministry of the kingdom of, mar- of ministry of marriage because she despised the one she was married to. And as a result of her decision, David the king had to work alone in the ministry of marriage in his own home. What a tragedy. What a shame. What a terrible way to live your life. What a way to miss out on what the Lord is doing and wants to do in you. Look at this. You got help in the house, but the help is against you. Don't marry a non-worshipper because there will be trouble in working for God. Point number two, let me talk about working for God alone. Working for God alone. Action neighbor, are we all right? Are you all right? You really good? Ask him this question for me. You ain't mad at pastor, is you? You ain't. <laughs> you know he just doing what he do. He just doing what he do. Worshiping God alone. The text says, Brother Reuben, so they brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in his place. In the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for the Lord. And then David, he offered burnt offerings. You see that there? And peace offerings before the Lord. 18. And when David had finished the sacrificial offerings, he blessed the people in the name of of the Lord of hosts. May I unpack this family? When you arrive at this portion of the scripture, once again we notice that the king is present in the worship experience, but his wife, Michael, is not. She missed the praise in the community, but she didn't make her way to the tabernacle. Okay. The text says they brought the ark of God back into the city of David. It had been after 20 plus years of not having the ark in Jerusalem that they finally get Yahweh's presence back in the community. So this was a major celebration and an act of worship for the nation. David, as the nation's leader, is responsible 
for reconciling men back to God. Y'all see that there? And his wife is not in the service. Out of all the royal meetings to miss, this wasn't the one. She missed it. She missed the meeting. She missed the worship experience. She missed David blessing the people of God. Text says he blessed him in the name of the Lord of hosts. And because she wasn't there, she missed the divine impartation that comes with the blessing. Because she wasn't there, here it is, she missed her own blessing. Can I say some more right here? Because she wasn't there, she missed the activity of God, Brother Manuel. Because she wasn't there, she missed the move of the Spirit. She missed offering God, watch this, a sacrifice for her own sins. Her own transgressions. Her evil actions, her ungodly, ugly behavior, her wicked deeds and more. Because she wasn't there, Brother Rodney, she missed the king giving an offering to God because God had been good to the nation. Because she wasn't there, she missed the worship experience. Because she didn't have a heart for God, she didn't have a heart for her husband, nor did she have a heart for God's people. Here it is. She didn't have a heart for worship. So she sure wouldn't have a heart for service. She didn't have a heart for a community. She didn't have a heart for the people of the house of God. This girl didn't have a heart for the work of the ministry or the worship experience. Here it is. Girl was the wrong wife. I'm through with getting people who don't want to come to church. Or getting mad because the church is empty. I'm here. He's here. Let's worship. Can I say some more? Because, because Michael was not a worshiper, but rather an enemy of the Lord. Sister Wilson, love of my life. She became an enemy of her husband. An enemy of the work. An enemy of the witness. And an enemy of the worship of the Lord in the earth. Michael, 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 his wife wanted nothing to do with the tabernacle. She wanted nothing to do with the special offerings unto God. She wanted nothing to do with corporate worship. She wanted nothing to do with asking God to pardon her sins and bringing him an offering of gratitude. I wrote myself something in parentheses. This chick was wicked. Therefore, the king, here it is, here it is, daughter, king had to worship alone as he led the people. Couldn't count on his wife to be present in the worship experience. Here it is. It's a terrible thing to try to lead a nation when you're not even capable of leading your own house. It's a terrible thing to try to model for the world what a worshiper should look like when your own family despises the one you worship. Question for you. Is there anybody here today that can relate to David's position? Is there anybody here that can testify to the fact of how hard it is to be a worshiper and not have the support of the one you love? 
Because they don't want to worship the one you love. Is there anybody here that wishes you would have did things differently? This is the one sermon in the one service you can say amen to. I think I married the wrong one, pastor. Amen. The warning in this text is for those looking to get married. Y'all catch me there? Not looking to get out of a marriage. Y'all, come on. Fix it, Reverend. Come on, can I say, somebody say, fix it, Reverend. The one who is looking to get married. Not, here's the warning, don't you marry a non-worshipper. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't marry a non-worshipper. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let me put some more on that. Can I put, as the young people say, can I put five on ten right there? Tell him, I don't care how good he look. How much money he got. What kind of car he drive? How nice the 501k is, whatever it is. I don't care what that is, right? Don't do it. Tell them don't do it. I wrote myself a note here. It was funny to me. You might not laugh, but I said, tone, tone. Take your cues from David and leave the trophy wife on the shelf. Here it is. Can I run that rabbit? By the way, I got a lot of rabbits to run today. Y'all mind? Don't marry her because you won the prize. Here it is. Don't marry her because you won the fight. <laughs> you beat the dude up and you get the girl, right? No. That's what happened. I'm in the Bible. Don't marry her because the king said you could. Or offered her to you as a consolation prize. Don't marry her because it's the popular thing to do. Here it is. Don't marry her patient because she looks good on your portfolio. Don't, don't marry her because you two will look good together. Don't marry her because of what her last name is. Don't be like David. You'd be better off to marry a worshiper. Don't you marry a non-worshiper. Because if she's not a worshiper, Here's what will happen. She'll destroy your relationship with God. She'll destroy your leadership in the kingdom. She'll destroy your heart for the word of God, for the work of God, and the worship of God. You can't, you can't serve God and women. <laughs> ah, That ain't in the Bible, but I just put that one in there. Amen. Bible says you can't serve God and mammon. Amen. But how many know you can't, have a, you can't have a wife and I have no money? All the brothers said? Here it is. Where the brothers at? Where the brothers at? This is the one part in the text I get to talk to the brothers. Come on, brothers, you got my back. Stay away from the daughters of wicked men. Talking about Michael. They will not worship the Lord your God. Trace the family line. If daddy is a gangster and a thug, probably in the baby girl. You'll catch that on the way home. All right. Well, I've talked to you about working alone, trouble. We don't have a worshiping wife. I've talked to you about the trouble be worshiping alone. Let me close by looking at number three, witnessing for God alone. Verse 19. Y'all in here? Yes, sir. Verse 19 says, Then David distributed among all the people 
and among the multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone he gave these gifts, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. This the whole nation the king is feeding. And then David returned, watch this now, to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. And here she go. How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in the eyes of the maids of his servants. And, um, and as one of the base fellows, so what she really wanted to say as a low down, dirty. Yeah, y'all fill in the blank, amen. Uncovers himself. When, when you come to this portion of the text, you get to see that after David had worked for the Lord, after he had worshipped the Lord, Reverend Billings, he has had a ministry outside of the palace. And now that also involved his witnessing for the Lord. The text says after he had had a great day of ministry, man, he comes back home. He blesses his people out of a heart of gratitude because he's a giver. And out of his love for God, he gave to the people what God laid on his heart to give. He loved them. They knew him as a worshiper. They knew him as a worker. They knew him as a witness for Yahweh. Then he comes home. Pity the man that got to come home to a cantankerous wife. This ain't no beat on my daughter's day. I pity the woman, amen, who got to come home to a cantankerous husband, a non-worshipper. Can I say some more? The whole time that David was serving God and serving men, watch this. She was in the window hating her position, hating her husband, hating her life, hating her blessing. Hating her favor, hating her level of success, and the God who gave her the man who was after God's heart. David had to be a witness alone in his own marriage. Why, Wilson? Because he was married to a fool, a non-worshipper, somebody who despised him and the things of God. What a tragedy. Michael missed the Lord, or rather missed, rather, what the Lord was doing in the earth. Because she didn't have a relationship with God, and homegirl didn't want one. Can I say some more? What a tragedy. Michael could have enjoyed the benefits of having a godly husband. But instead, she despised the gift of God. Y'all in here? What a tragedy. Michael could have enjoyed the ministry of marriage, but instead of seeing what the Lord was doing, she rejected what he was doing. This ain't in my notes, but I just got an email. She probably thought I could do better. Come on, married people. Come on in here. Starting to look over the fence because you think something looked better. Don't you get your butt out there. You'll find out real quick. The grass ain't always greener on the other side. 
Michael could have profited from serving with the king. And taking her family places that only God could take them to. But instead, she despised the man of God in her own heart. Therefore, she would never have an encounter with God. And she would never be the worshiper that David needed her to be as he served God on the throne. In verse 20, the text says, that then David turned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out, and she said those words to him. Warren Wisby said something that was powerful. I want to go back and reflect on this. He said that when Michael says these words to him, isn't it just like Satan, Angelus? He has a Michael to meet you. When you've just come from rejoicing and praising the Lord. What a truth right there. That's what I call Warren Wiersbe. That's what I call com the confrontation of contempt. Listen to me. It, lean, lean in for me. Here it is. She wasn't a worshiper, so she confronted the one that was. Here it is, Mason. She couldn't stop him from worshiping, but she would confront him if he tried to keep it going at home. She, she wasn't a worshiper, but she would show him what she was and what she was not. Okay. You can worship out there and dance all you want to, but up in here, up in here, ain't going to be no worshiping going on. I'm just talking about, can I say some more? This was her own little way of contesting his relationship with her with the Lord, with the people of God, and in the ministry that the Lord has called him to. You better listen to me today. I know you might not like it, but you better listen. If she's contesting your worship, it won't be long for she contests your calling. Can I just put it plain for the millennials in the house? Michael was a hater. And hating is what she did. She was a hater, and haters don't like worshipers. Amen. David is married to a hater, and the devil can use her to try to get to David. Here it is. Be careful who you want to marry, who you're going to marry, and who you engage to marry. Be careful. Be careful, y'all. Make sure you ask a lot of questions. Y'all in here? Make sure you check the family lineage. Make sure when you're bringing them to church, you keep one eye open while you're praising and worship. This is what we call practical theology. When you dance and look and see. <laughs> I'm just talking about Every now and then, something ought to move them. Come on, talk to me then. A tear ought to run, or they ought to take a half a trot for the Lord or something. <laughs> Come on, help me, y'all. To check and see if they feel called to serve the Lord with you in the ministry. Now, not check and see if they down with what you're doing. Check and see if they got their own calling. Everybody want to be with you when they chasing you. 
I'm just talking about. Check and see if they have a heart. Here it is for the things of God. You can tell if your conversation ain't never about the poor, ain't never about the gospel, ain't never about Jesus, ain't never about living for God, that's the wrong person. And you ain't got to always be the one that suggests you should pray. We should read the Bible. Come on, talk. If you're the only one doing that, I'm giving y'all some ammunition today. Y'all with me here? Check and see if they don't mind you being a witness. Check and see if they don't mind being a co-laborer with God. Check and see if they don't mind worshiping God, here it is, in every area of their lives. Can I turn the light on right here? Usually when you start dating and you want a wife, and it's the physical attraction that gets you first. You see something you like. Come on. Ain't nobody blind in here. Come on. You. Some stuff just don't attract you. Like, keep it moving. I ain't interested. But every now and then, you be like, hey. 6'2", 220, wavy hair, brown eyes. Me like, me like. And you don't know nothing about them. It's the physical attraction. Come on in here. But don't be blinded by the physical attraction. If you a worshiper, guess what? 220 going to become 280 after a while. Ask Sister Wilson, what was once wavy going to fall off? Here it is to my young studs in the house. Gravity is real. What was once up has. But you know what's real? Worship is real. She got somebody that can pray with her and for her in the seasons of the storms of life. She got a pastor that'll lead her and love her and serve her and that won't waver when the temptations of life come around come on talk to me love is a four letter word oh yeah it's real but worship will last the test of time see how you know you in love with somebody when you can get all ugly in the face and worship and they see it and it get contagious and they get all ugly and you both snotting and crying talking about ain't the Lord good the Lord is good don't you love him I love him too that, that's what I need come on in here I'm like Sinbad. Sinbad told a joke one time. He said, shoot, when you get my age, I ain't looking for somebody who cute and young. I'm looking for somebody who got my medication in their purse. I'm looking for somebody who loved me beyond the surgery. I'm looking for somebody who will come to my bed in the hospital room and anoint me with oil and pray over me. Are y'all in here? I'm looking for somebody that when I feel like throwing in the towel, they'll remind me, you got to get up this morning. You the pastor. Anybody in here with me? 
cute went out the window a long time ago, Reverend White. I'm looking for a worshiper who can worship with me. I don't know how I got out there, but I got out there. All I'm trying to say is you got to check them out. Because if you marry a Michael, they'll be hell to pay. They'll be hell to pay when it's time to go to church. Well, I got to leave you now. But I'm so glad that David, as a worshiper, here it is, brothers, had a strong backbone. I'm so glad that as the man of his house, he had the last word. Yeah, I said it. I said it at New Beginnings. I said it. He had a backbone, Ralph. She got crazy, talked about what he had been loving God, but he didn't lay down and fold up. He didn't try to please her. Come on in here. He had a backbone. I'm so glad what he said. See, she wasn't going to attack his God and attack his worship and didn't have nothing to say. Here it is, David said, it was before the Lord, girl, who chose me instead of your daddy. He said, instead of your, God chose me instead of your daddy and all your cousin in them. And he appointed me to be the ruler of the people of Israel. So I will play my music <laughs> before the Lord. And then I like verse 22. It's my verse, Andrew. He said, and if you don't like that, I'm going to get even more undignified. And I'll be humble in my own sight. I ain't trying to prove nothing to you, Michael. But as for those maid servants you was talking about, I'll have honor by them. You know why? Because you won't carry near one of my babies. That's why that next verse is there. They gonna honor me because they gonna see how you behaved. And how I dealt with you. Can I argue for the brothers right here? I don't care how much. <laughs> Respect and honor you have in the community. If you don't have it in your house, you ain't got it nowhere. Men, listen to me. More than anything, you've heard me say this before. Your woman want a little thug at home. I know I got a PhD, but I said it. She want to know she's protected. And she want to know her husband is the leader. Whether she like where you going or not. Am I making sense? David said, woman, you crazy. The Lord chose me over your people. And I'm going to be more undignified than this. And I'm going to play my music for the Lord in here. Now what? All I'm trying to say is he had the last words in the argument. Notice this. He has to lay down three things to deal with her rebellion, refusal, and reluctance to respect, revere, and reverence the Lord in the house. 
He says, the Lord chose me over your daddy. Don't get it twisted, Michael. I don't worship you. That's why I'm dancing. I worship because I've been chosen by God to do a great work in the earth. Secondly, God saw me and elevated me above your whole family. And then third, he gave me rule over his people as his own purpose and plan for my life. And then finally, he enabled me to play music all my life. So now I'm going to use what he gave me to bring him honor and glory as I serve him as his king, as his son, and the leader of this country. And finally, as for your evil observation, if you thought that this worship experience was off the chain, and I uncovered myself today, then you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to be even more undignified than this. Here it is as I close. Michael, I don't really care what you think. Because my worship ain't for you. It's for God. I don't care what you think, Michael, because my worship is for real. I don't care what you think, Michael, because Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, has been good to me. And I'll do what pleases him and what brings me joy as I serve him. Can I go back to my thesis? Don't marry a non-worshipper. And if you do get hooked up or you ain't hooked up with one now, y'all ain't got to the altar, cut off your hand and get rid of the loser. Because it ain't going to work out. David now realizes that Michael will never help him in the work of the Lord. Therefore, he put her away and refused to give her the privileges that come with being married. Well, I got so much in here, I can't give it all to you. Let me get on the plane and move on. I've tried to warn you today about marrying a non-worshipper. Brother Johnny, I've tried to paint a picture for you of what you'll experience if you go down the wrong road. I tried to help the fellas and the daughters to not marry the one you won in a fight just because they're the trophy wife. I tried to warn you ladies not to marry the one who does not love the Lord. And if you don't take heed to the warning, here it is, the results will be barrenness. Y'all in here? What do you mean? That's right. You'll not be able to produce the spiritual life with the one you are unequally yoked with. Come on in here. Spiritual life can only come from two spiritually living organisms. Ministry gives birth to ministry. Ministry reproduces ministry. Here it is. Ministry inspires ministry. Ministry empowers ministry. When two walk together and agree, they have a better chance at giving spiritual birth to the next generation that will walk in the same footsteps. Here it is. If the parents love the Lord, the children going to love the Lord. If the parents know the Lord, the children will hear and fear his name. If the parents serve the Lord and worship the Lord, the next generation will know how to find him if they lose their way. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. 
But if there is no roadmap for God in the house, then there is no way they can come back to him. Because they were un unequally yoked, they entered into a barrenness. David refused to give Michael children because she didn't love the Lord. And she despised David. She was barren. But I'm so glad that God didn't depend on Israel to bring us a savior. I know he came through the Israel people, but he didn't depend on them. Because in many ways, they were just like Michael. Y'all in here? Didn't want to worship him. Didn't reverence his law. Kept going after other gods, right? Wanted nothing to do with the men he chose to speak to them. So God didn't leave the salvation of humanity in the lap of Israel. No, God, yeah, because Israel didn't want to worship God, follow him, serve him, obey him, and love him, he created for himself a pathway. <laughs> and God, Emmanuel, became flesh and dwelt among us, sacrificed his life, paid the ultimate price of redemption. He came as the son of David, a worshiper. Came as a worker and came as a witness to redeem us all. Come on, y'all. Don't die on me now, church. Can I call roll? As a worshiper, he was willing to offer his life as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. As a worker, he labored on the cross to redeem you and I. Can't you hear him, Gibson, in his labor? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As a witness, he saw the sin of humanity and offered his redemptive testimony out on the cross that would satisfy the holy judgment of a righteous God wanting to fulfill his holy wrath. Here it is. He took our place and he died. I said he died. On Friday, he died. As a worker, he died. As a worshiper, he died. As a witness, he died. But that's not how the story ends. Because he descended in the grave as a worshiper. Descended in the grave as a worker. And while he was down there working, took the sting out of death. Victory over the grave. And early, I said early, Sunday morning. God the Father raised him back to life. Can't you see him working? Oh, resurrection on it. Unwrapped the bandages. Working. Rolled the stone away. Working. Came to find the disciples. Working. Went to the hill on Galilee. Working. Gave out an assignment. Working. Caught a cloud back to glory. Working. Sitting right now on the right hand of the Father. Working. Making intercession for you and I. Working. Being worshipped. And as a witness, he's working. I stopped by to tell you, I ain't married. Yeah. To a non-worshipper. <laughs> Here's what I've been trying to get to, y'all. As the church, we ain't unequally yoked. Our husband is a worshipper. 
Our husband is a worker. Our husband, Jesus, is a witness. And as his bride, we ought to be worshipers too. We ought to be workers too. We ought to be witnesses too. Can I run the rabbit right here? We ought to love the Lord because he's our husband redeemer. He's the head of the body. He's our sustainer, our helper, our savior, our lover, our provider, our keeper, our shepherd, our way maker, our healer, our protector, our overseer. Can I say some more? He's the God of our beginning, the God of our justice, the God of forgiveness, the God of our heights, and the God of our lows. He's the God who is near, the God of my strength, the God of my praise, the God of my salvation, the holy God, the living God, the one true God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the faithful God, the God of heavens, the God of knowledge, the God of truth. The most high God, the God of eternal, oh heck, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Can I say some more? He's the God of eternity, the one God, the God of Jerusalem, the God of Israel, the God of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of Angelus Wilson and the God of new beginnings, and he'll reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and when all the ever stop going amen i know why i worship him he's alive and because my husband is a worshiper i'm the bride of christ i've got to do what my husband does I gotta sing when he tell me to sing. I gotta dance when he moves me to dance. I gotta serve when he calls me to serve. He's a worshiper. I'm through preaching, but can I help myself? I said, can I help myself? Everything in creation worships him. Right now, the palm trees swing because he's their creator. Right now, the birds sing because he's their creator. Right now, the wind blows because he's their creator. Right now, the bullfrog burps because he's their creator. Right now, the zebra runs because he's their creator. Right now, the oceans move because he's their creator. So what's wrong with you? My hands want to wave because he's that creator. My feet want to dance because he's that creator. My body want to move because he's that creator. Is there any worshipers in the house? Where are worshipers at? Where are worshipers at? Ain't God all right? I said, ain't God all right? It's part of your trouble, ain't he all right? It's part of your ups and downs, ain't he all right? In spite of him saying no, ain't he all right? He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Say yeah. Say yeah. Give the Lord some praise.